slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got plenty to get to tonight. The Islanders host the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Barkley Center. We will have a full preview of that game as the Islanders look to set a franchise record with their 16th straight game with a point. Again, the record 15 straight games with a point. They've tied it. It was originally set back in January and February of 1982. So this team can set themselves apart from the dynasty teams if they can pick out a win tonight. We will have a full preview of this matchup. We will also discuss the Islanders' goaltending situation going forward. Not talking about this season, but talking about the future specifically 19 uh excuse me 2020 2021 and we're going to talk about that situation we'll also have this date in islanders history and a whole lot more to talk about if you want to join the show you can contact us via email at lockedonislanders at gmail.com so if there's something on your mind, some you have a question, a comment, something you want us to talk about here on the show, send us an email, leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to discuss it and read it on the air. So again, that's LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. So at least we uh, got that out of the way, and uh, let's start talking about all things New York Islanders right now. Let's start with the goaltending situation, because it's an interesting situation, to say the least. The key thing is this. We have now heard that Ilya Sorokin, who is the Islanders' top goaltending prospect, plans to come over to North America from Russia for the uh, for the 2020-2021 season. Now, everyone is talking about what a great prospect Sorokin is. He is 24 years old. He'll be 25 by the start of training camp next year. His birthday is in August. That would put him in the prime of his career. He has played in the KHL since 2012-2013. The Islanders drafted him in the third round of the 2014 NHL entry draft with the 78th overall pick. He has played the last five-plus seasons. This is his sixth year with CSKA Moscow. And I'm going to just read some of these statistics. The last six seasons, including this year, which of course is a partial year, 
Goals against average, 1.31, 1.06, 1.61, Last year, 1.16. This year, he's slumping, quote-unquote, with a 1.47 goals against average. He has been a winning goaltender every year of his term with CSKA Moscow. And look at the shutouts. In 2015-2016, which was his best statistical season, 10 shutouts. Last year, 11 shutouts and 28 wins, 6 losses, and 4 draws. So, just an unbelievable uh, set of statistics. His save percentage last year, 0.940. He slipped to 0.938 this year. His best season, 2015-2016, the save percentage at 9.53. So, here is a goalie that everyone acknowledges is outstanding. Many have called him the best goaltender not in the National Hockey League, and the Islanders should be getting him uh, ready to play next season. Now, will he need some time to adjust to the North American rink? As you know, they're narrower, and the angles are a little bit different, and certainly the style of play in the NHL is different from the KHL. Yes, he will need some time to make an adjustment. Does that mean he starts the year in the minors, in the AHL? I don't think so. I think when push comes to shove, Ilya Sorokin, they may give him a lot of time in training camp, a lot of time in the preseason to make that adjustment, but I get the feeling he's good enough to learn the North American game during his inaugural season in the NHL. So the question then becomes, what happens to Tomas Grice? Because you look at Grice, he is having an outstanding season for the Islanders, and he has been having uh, some outstanding seasons for the Islanders in recent years. Look, last year, everybody was talking about Robin Lehner, what a great season he had, what a great addition he was to the Islanders. And, you know, that was definitely all true. But overlooked in that is Grice, who is now 33 years old. He'll be 34 in January. And he is set to be an unrestricted free agent this fall. Last year, you look at his numbers, 43 games played for the Islanders in the regular season, a 23-14-2 record, 2.28 goals against average, and a 9-2-7 save percentage. This year, he has been even better. In, you know, his start right now, a 1.98 goals against average, 9-3-8 save percentage, and he has won just about every game he has started. The odds are, this will be Tomas Grice's last year with the Islanders. I don't anticipate that the team will bring him back, even if it's on a one-year deal with Sorokin coming over from the KHL and from Russia. So Grice will probably hit the free agent market. You have Varlamov for another few years under contract, so he'll probably stay. And you'll have Varlamov, there to sort of mentor Sorokin, maybe 
help him make the adjustment to the NHL game. They'll probably split time next year if all goes according to plan. And as far as Islander fans are concerned, you know, barring injury or a change of plans by Sorokin or uh, a very big hometown discount by Grice, enjoy Tomas Grice and the outstanding goaltending you're getting from him. This will probably be his last year with the Islanders. And I, I think he'll be able to earn at least five, five and a half million dollars a year on the free agent market, especially if he continues to shine the way he has during the opening six, seven weeks of this season. So, you know, a good problem to have. You have Grice and Varlamov both playing outstanding hockey this year. You have the top prospect outside the NHL in Sorokin coming over next year, but uh, it Sorokin's arrival almost certainly means Grice's departure. We'll take a look at this date in Islanders history and preview tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Alright, I figured for today's this date in Islanders history, we don't need to go too far back, but we'll take it back to November 21st, 2014 at the Console Energy Center in Pittsburgh, where the Islanders met the first place Pittsburgh Penguins. And on this night, it was an exciting back and forth kind of a game. Brandon Sutter got the scoring underway just a minute and 13 into the game, putting Pittsburgh ahead one to nothing, but the Islanders got three quick goals midway through the first period, all of them coming in a minute 35 span. First, Matt Martin got his first goal of the season. Nikolai Kuleman followed 29 seconds later, and then a minute six after that, it was Ryan Strom getting his fourth of the year from to uh, Thomas Hickey and Josh Bailey, and the Islanders led three to one midway through the period, but with Three minutes, 26 seconds left in the opening period. Ex-Islander Blake Como struck. He beat goalie Chad Johnson for his fifth goal of the contest. And suddenly, the game was a 3-2 Islanders lead after the first period. In the second, the Islanders extended that lead to 4-2 as Nick Letty punched home his fifth goal of the year. At 5.42, Strom and Anders Lee with the assist, but the Penguins, again, they were in first place at that time. They would not quit, and Nick Spalling gets them back to within one goal at 8.50 of the second period. That made it a 4-3 to three hockey game, and then with exactly seven minutes left in regulation time, Patrick Hornquist took a pass from Evgeny Malkin, tied the game at 4-4 by potting his 10th goal of the year, and the game headed first to overtime and then to a shootout. It was a tough shootout as Marc-Andre Fleury and Chad Johnson had to guard their respective goals. The big guns going early, Evgeny Malkin stopped by Chad Johnson early. Then John Tavares for the Islanders did not beat Marc-Andre Fleury. Sidney Crosby, however, gave Pittsburgh a 1-0 lead in the shootout, and then the Islanders went to their most reliable shootout. Shooter Franz Nielsen, and he beat Fleury to once again tie it at 1. 
Brandon Sutter was next up in the third round for the Penguins, but Chad Johnson was able to make the stop. And then Kyle Oposo comes down and beats Marc-Andre Fleury to give the Islanders a 5-4 shootout victory over the Penguins in Pittsburgh. All of that taking place on this date, November 21st, 2014. Ryan Strom, the hero of the game, one goal and two assists for the Islanders. All right, I, I wanted to talk also a little bit about a quote. Uh, this one comes courtesy of the NHL Network, and it's Islanders head coach Barry Trotz, who did a phone interview, and he was asked why the Islanders are playing so well. And here's the quote, as put out uh, and tweeted by the NHL Network, Barry Trotz. It's very hard in this league to have individual success and have team success at the same time. I think when you give up a bit of yourself for the team, you end up having pretty good team success. Let that sink in because it's one of those things that, you know, may run a little bit counter to what a lot of people think about in 2019, in this day and age. Giving up some of that individual success, sacrificing statistics for team success. And you know what? In the long run, that is a winning formula. And I'll say this, people will always remember a player who scored 100 points in a season or 50 goals or, you know, had some great individual efforts over the course of his NHL career and it's certainly his career with the Islanders. You could talk about Pierre Turgeon or you could talk about, you know, a lot of John Tavares, for example, a lot of players who just put up some really great numbers. But if you really want to be an immortal, if you really want to be remembered very fondly by an organization's fan base, not just for a year or two years or five years, you you take it to another level when you start winning consistently and you start winning eventually championships. And you could take, you know, players from the Islanders dynasty teams who were very good players, who were excellent players, but not Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, guys like Bobby Nystrom, Bob Bourne, Anders Kaller, those are, you know, great players, but they were not Hall of Famers. But they will always have a very special place in the hearts of Islander fans because of what they were able to accomplish as a team. And I, I, I think that in the long run, those guys will be remembered in a very different and more substantial way than the way a great individual player will be remembered. And, you know, the Islanders' philosophy right now is team first. They're going to have individual success. It, you know, if your team is winning, everyone remembers your contributions. Everyone remembers what you did on the ice, those big moments, those special moments. And they'll remember that a lot longer than, you know, if you had 33 goals instead of 25, uh but you won a Stanley Cup or you uh, made a very deep playoff run two, three, four years in a row, uh, that sacrifice, that bonds you as teammates and it bonds you to the fans in a way that just playing, you know, outstanding individual hockey doesn't do in the same way. 
Alright, we still have a lot to get to here on today's show. We'll have a full preview of tonight's Islanders-Penguins game at the Barclays Center in just a minute. Alright, before we get to the preview, let's talk a little bit about an Islander who has been red hot lately. Let's talk about Derek Brassard. In the last four games, one goal and and seven assists for eight points for Derek Brassard. He is also a plus six in those last four games and has 13 hits during that time period. And the other thing in those four uh, games, 11 shots on goal. So Brassard really stepping up, and he has been a big part of the Islanders' success during this winning streak uh, I, I know he had the five-game goal-scoring streak earlier, now a four-game point-scoring streak together. And if you go back even further, so you go back to the last 11 games total for Derek Brassard, six goals, eight assists, and 14 points. And, you know, you talk about the things that Barry Trot said in the quote we just read a few moments ago, and... Brassard has also been unselfish. Injury struck the team. He moved from his usual center position, went over to the wing, and that's really when he started to score, when he was helping the team by filling in at an unusual position. So, you know, sometimes you make sacrifices for the team, and it works out in your favor. He's gotten red hot. He has played exceptionally well Seeing some time on the power play now as, you know, in addition to his regular shift. And here is a guy who, you know, since leaving the Rangers a few years ago, has more or less bounced around the league. And now it looks like he has found a home on the Islanders. Now he's on a one-year prove-it contract. And he certainly still, there's a lot of hockey to be played but a guy like Derek Broussard has shown he's unselfish, he's versatile, and he is coming through with key goals, not just goals in, in quantity, but important goals. And again, left the Rangers after the 2015-2016 season, spent a year and a half in Ottawa, then uh, parts of two seasons in Pittsburgh, part of a season in Colorado, part of a season in Florida, and now starting this year with the Islanders. And, and again, just a very impressive performance so far by Derek Broussard. Give him credit uh, where credit is due. A plus five also on the season, and it doesn't look like he's going to be letting up anytime soon. All right, let's talk about tonight's game at the Barclays Center. Islanders and Penguins meeting already for the third time this season. And uh, it should be a great grudge match. You know, the first meeting, the Penguins with the comeback, they end up winning 4-3 in overtime. That was the Islanders' only blemish during this 14-0-1 streak. And then... Uh, Tuesday night, the Islanders overcome deficits of 2 to nothing and 4 to 2 in order to win 5-4 in overtime and tie that franchise mark. So, lots going on. You got some hot Islanders in Brassard and Beauvillier uh to certainly keep an eye on. Meanwhile, I'll say this for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
every time the Islanders and the Penguins get together, Brian Rust seems to come up with a big game for Pittsburgh. Malkin, as we know, always dangerous, and Jake Gunsel uh, had a good game uh, against the Islanders the other night. That's their top line. The second line, centered by Jared McCann, Brandon uh, Tanov had a uh, Tanov had a very good night uh, for Pittsburgh. So this is a team with some depth, albeit you know missing Sidney Crosby, uh, and, and that's not good. And they could, they could be getting forward Patrick Hornquist back from injury, and that would be a good addition for the Penguins. He was injured back on November second and has missed the last seven games with a lower body injury. So that's some hope. Even if Latang and Crosby will not be ready, uh, the Penguins got to be happy getting Patrick Hornquist back. In goal, expect the Penguins to go with Matt Murray, although it is possible backup uh, Tristan Jarry will get a chance. He's played well when given the opportunity. But for the Islanders, assuming that Barry Trotz continues the rotation, uh, you can expect that it will be Tomas Grice's turn in between the pipes for the Islanders tonight at the Barkley Center. So, Islanders going for that record. 500th game coming tonight for Brock Nelson, assuming that he gets uh, to play, and there's no reason I foresee he wouldn't. And the Islanders trying to set a franchise record here by winning their 16th or at least getting at least a point in 16 consecutive games. Ironically, that streak back in January and February of 1982 came to a close uh, with a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Islanders hoping, in this instance at least, that history does not repeat itself in 2019. We will have a lot to talk about on tomorrow's show. We will, of course, recap what happens tonight at the Barclays Center and will prepare you as the Islanders head west for an important three-game road trip. And, of course, Locked On Islanders will be with you every step of the way. We'll have the previews, the recaps, and all the action and updates from all three West Coast games. So even if you can't stay up, we will, and we'll bring you all the latest information about your New York Islanders. That's going to do it for us today. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. We'll be back on Friday, tomorrow, with another great episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.